0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. We are in our series, The Future is Family. And uh, I, I've really enjoyed this series. Who, who here is? It was here on Wednesday night. Anybody here on Wednesday night? You know what I love about our church is that we're able to be transparent About marriage, about parenting, about all the stuff, right? Look, like we're, we're all in this journey together. And I love getting to partner with the Holy Spirit to grow and change. And I've said it before, but I've learned in my life that discipleship is just like you'll have a breakthrough and you'll live in that breakthrough. And then you kind of come to something and you get triggered or maybe slightly offended or something rubs you the wrong way. And it's like that's when the Holy Spirit's like, got it. Let's talk about it. Let's work on it. Let's, Let's do this thing. And so today's message is, it has a little bit of that, but it, but it has to do with how to be, you know, we're talking about family. But if we don't understand the spiritual family that we're a part of, right. it's right. so hard to raise and reproduce yep. in, our, in our physical families if we don't first know. Listen, if you want to be a good mom or dad, you need to know how to be a good son or daughter. Oh. You want to know how to be a good grandma and grandpa? You need to know how to be a good son or daughter. You want to know how to be a good husband and wife? You need to know how to be a son and daughter because identity comes from your heavenly father. And so today we are talking about family, but we're talking about our heavenly family. And we're going to talk about the difference between a so what Christian and a so that Christian. Because it's very, very important, the difference. I'm going to read two stories real quick. Okay, I'm going to start in Ecclesiastes. Now, remind you, this is Solomon writing, and he has not had Jesus come yet. So he's living in an old covenant. And I think he might have been... During Ecclesiastes, you know, I read Proverbs, and like he's like spitting this wisdom and kind of optimistic, and like, you know, oh, this good thing happened. And then Ecclesiastes, I don't know if it was just like the 700 wives, and it was like someone was off, it was a bad week, but... (laughs) But he was just kind of getting a little melancholy a little bit. And so, but I understand without Jesus, this scripture is 100%. This is the conclusion you come to. So Ephesians 2.22, and I'm going to read on the screen because when I read on that, I can't read. So, so what? Somebody say, "So so what? Are you a so what Christian? So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It's all meaningless. Pretty dark, Solomon. So I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and find satisfaction in work. <laughs> so so what attitude? Kind of comes to the point that everything is meaningless. And, and, I, and, I, and I hate it when as Christians... If we're not careful, if we're not monitoring our sonship and our daughtership and staying focused on who we are and whose we are, it's so easy to become an apathetic Christian and just have a so what mentality. Oh man, my neighbors, I've never invited them to church and I just heard they're thinking about getting a divorce. So what? Oh man, you know, we can't fit everybody in the 11. We need to get another campus. And I've had this dream to start a business, and if it takes off, I know I could be a kingdom funder. So what? Wow. See, a so what mentality gets us into apathy. Yeah. And God didn't come to make apathetic kids. That's right. You know, I don't like it when my kids, I, I, you know, the screen time thing, right? We're always trying to figure out what's the right amount and what's the right amount for you not to, it's like, it's bad for them to be on screen, but it's even worse if you murder them. So what do you, what's the balance? <laughs> what's the right balance, right? <laughs> Speak the truth. Shame the devil. Okay? And so we're living in this, 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 this balance, and I have no clue where I was going with that. So what? So what? I just felt like someone needed to hear that. Screen time. We're all trying to figure it out. We love you. Apathetic. Thank you, Rich. You're in my head, bro. I don't like it when they're on the screen because... They're not alive. You know, they're, they're just kind of z- little zombies. And you say their name like five times, like, Asher, Asher, Asher. You know, but when, when they've got their friends over and they're just like jumping on the trampoline, chasing a pretend whatever bad guys, and then chasing the dog and just the dog's running for its dear life. You know, I love the livelihood. I love the energy. I love an alive. And that's how Father God is. He likes his kids alive and well. I remember when I was a young adult pastor, I had this intern. And he was, like, fresh saved. I mean, he was, like, one day, he was, uh, three days before it, he was a drug dealer, got saved, and joined the internship. Like, that was his jump. And I just love it because he was so on fire for Jesus, but just learning everything. So, like, conversations in the first month were like this. Hey, Isaac, I love that you were leading that guy to the Lord and telling him your testimony. Just can't use the F word so many times when you do your testimony. Like, I was having those conversations. He's an amazing guy in the church now. He's leading youth ministry. God has just done a work. But the zeal of that baby Christian would sometimes put me to shame. It would remind me, like, what am I doing? I've got Jesus. And he heals and he saves and he's working in me. But I want to share. I want to share. So going from not being a so what Christian. But let's go to John 9, 1 through 16. I'm going to jump around, guys. I'll tell you where I want to be. First verse. So Jesus is walking around with his disciples. He says, after saying all these things, Jesus looked. Oh, there we go. Thank you. As he went along, he saw a blind man or a, a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, was, or, that he was born blind? And he said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Wow. And Jesus, or said Jesus, but this happened, so that, say so that. This happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now I want to jump to verse 13. Let me give you some context. After this, Jesus is one of his kind of more interesting miracles. He spits in the mud and he kind of rubs up some muddy dirt and uh, rubs in the guy's eyes, says, go take a bath. When you come back, you're going to be able to see. And he does that and he's able to see. Now, all the town has seen this guy that they've seen every day begging because he's blind. And they're like, hey, are you the same guy? Yeah, you are the same guy. What happened? Da, da, da. It's getting so riled up in the town, they bring him to the Pharisees. And with the Pharisees in verse 13, I want to pick up here because I want to show you the contrast. This is what a so what Christian thinks like. Verse 13, they brought him to the Pharisees, <clears throat> the man who had been blind. Now the day in which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud in my eyes and the man replied, and I washed and now I see, next verse, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. And others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided and went on and started multiple denominations in the same city. This guy just got healed. And the so what Christian, the so what Jewish people this time, there weren't Christians yet, but the so what people are more worried about the matter of day it happened and the laws and the rules Totally missing that God originally invented the Sabbath. Let me just break this down for you. God invented the Sabbath to bless us and give us a day off. That was his whole point. He's like, hey, this is a blessing. I'm going to make you rest. So then he throws icing on top of the cake and heals a guy. And the Pharisees are mad about that. It's, It's ridiculous. But that's what happens when we're in a so what? When we're not actually thinking about the mission Jesus has given us. When we're not actually living out and doing the f- simple things that he's put w- and it cut bottles down to this. When we're not thinking like sons and daughters. Yes. When we're thinking like servants, on, right? we're thinking, what's the minimal wow. amount of things I need yeah. to do yeah. to get paid? Wow. But when we're thinking like sons and daughters, we're yeah. thinking, what's, what's the family business? Yes. What's the business that we're into? Yeah. We're serve a good God, and he wants to do a good thing on a good day. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. So Jesus, when they, when they start, when the, even when his own disciples start kind of getting in this like, so what? So what's going on? Why is he blind? They want, it was a generational thing. Da, 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 da. And he says, hey, skip all that. It's not about if his parents sin or not. Yep. It's about that. God's about to do something so that he can get glory, yes. to can bring glory. Yes. Hillary's coming. Hillary's going to come fix my mic, everybody. Okay? Isn't Hillary awesome? Hey, real quick, pause for a minute. We're talking about families and relationships and all that. Hillary is uh, an amazing person. Okay. She was in on our Baja mission trip. She drove in. I saw her this morning. I'm like, hey, weren't you in Baja like yesterday? Like, when did you get in? She's like, 6.30. Oh, I'm like, 6.30 last night? No, this morning. I'm like, have you been home? She's like, no, I just drove straight to the church. I had to do DNA, and then I was gonna make sure your mic didn't fall off. (laughs) Hillary, you are unbelievable. And so gents, this beautiful lady is also available, but I am taking, I am taking, uh, you will need to pass a intense processing and interview process with me, because that's pure gold. You better be up to the task. You better get your chivalry on 10X, baby. Okay? Say that. Let's pause there for a minute. Hey, gents, if you're single, ask her. You know, all these beautiful ladies here getting all dressed up, looking so good, ask her. Man up. Worst that can happen is she says no. No. Okay, that's the worst. And then you don't have to worry about it. It's like, all right, well, there we go. Just set, man up. Man up. I know it's scary. I had this, in, when I was in high school, I always wanted to know the answer before I asked, so I had this intense interview process. I sent the spies. I did the, I did the whole, like, Joshua spying out the promised land thing. I did that whole thing. But I was a child just giving an ask. And ladies, if a guy asks, you know, maybe, maybe no one ever died from a cup of coffee. Get to know the person. Just saying, healthy dating. You shouldn't be looking at the bar. I hate it when I hear people that are like, you know, girls are like, oh, I love church. I just love worship. I love everything. And Friday I went to a bar to try to find a guy. I'm like, no, look in here. You know, or a guy's like, man, I love church. I've been serving. I'm doing all this. And it's like, I'm looking at the gym right now for gr- No, look in here. Okay? Just be polite. All right. Anyways, where am I? So at Awaken, we are not so what Christians. We are so that Christians. We believe that God has a purpose and a mission for every single person in this room. And I don't care what the journey is that got you into this seat today. If you're here today, it's because God wants you to hear this. He has a plan and a destiny for you. And he wants to use you. He wants you to turn into a son and daughter. He wants you to be adopted and get in the family business. And the family business, let me tell you guys, it's booming. booming. You're not going to know it if you're always watching the news. Bad news sells. So they're, all, they're looking for bad news. They're looking for things. But I'm telling you, God's on the move. God's doing miracles. God's moving. He's, he's stirring things up. He's going to expose some lies. He is on the move. And I want to be a part of the family business. So real quick, how do you know if maybe you're struggling with so what Christianism? Okay? I'll tell you one. You don't like people talking about God blessing them. Because if you're a so what Christian, you're like, so what? So what? You got a house. It's not about that. See, but a so that Christian goes, you know, if I had a bigger living room, I could invite more people over. And I could bring over some business people in this city who are looking for a mission and they could sit in here and I could begin to minister to them. Or, or, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes I think there's a lot of people that are like, look, I like Jesus. I just, his people, like, I feel like I've had people be like, oh, I can't drive my car to church because it's too nice. What? You know, and they're not Christians because they don't see anybody like, like represented as them. A successful businessman wants to know that his values are going to be valuable in the house of God. Right? So that's one way you can know. Uh, You love to debate, debate, debate over theology. Listen, I just don't got time. You know, oh, should we do three dunks or two dunks or one dunk or a no dunk or whatever? Like, you know, should community be every week, once a month, once a year, whatever? Like, like the point is, I just want Jesus. I just want to give people Jesus and get Jesus. And if it's going to help people get Jesus, let's go, let's do it. And if it doesn't break one of God's laws, then, I, then let's go, let's do it. Because I got, I got to sow that. Everything in my life is sow that. When we moved here and I was looking for a house, I had criteria that were so that I can reach these people, talk to these people, be this person to this community. That was my parameter. I'm not, whatever, man. Like I said, if it was just Matt Tobin in the world, I need like a camping trailer and a wakeboard boat and a snowboard and a dog. And that's like it. If I was living for myself, the rest is like, house is a lot of work to clean, you know? (laughs) I'm just like, I I see square footage. I'm like... That's more cleaning, you know? But there's a so that on my life. So if you love to debate that, if you're critical of other people's ministry, listen, and by the way, you're like, hey, how did he get these? Did he get these from like a Bible verse or a dictionary? I got them because I used to be a so what Christian. So I'm just telling you, these are the things I had to undo. If you need a position or a title to serve in the house of God, you're a so what Christian. If you put rules over relationships, If you're rigid, if you can't, you know, when the, when the criminal on the cross next to Jesus said, Jesus, I think you're who you say you are. Will you remember me? He didn't go, well, uh, you've never took communion and you never got baptized. And, and so sorry, bro. No, he said, that's it. It's all I need. You believe in me. You're with me. Is it bad to get baptized? No, of course not. Is it bad to take communion? Of course not. We do all those things. But if you're going to put religion over relationship, you're missing Jesus. If you try at all to win people, so one, you're probably not trying to win people if you're a so what Christian. But if you are trying, you'd rather argue than love. And finally, if you're passive. You're passive in your walk. You know, you don't, like I said, I've seen a kid be a drug dealer on Friday, be an intern on Monday, and start bringing to church on Monday night, you know, like, you know, obviously we want to get that person in a connect group because that person still getting disciple. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we can all. We can all because we are sons and daughters and we are in process. But while we're in process, we can be used. We can be used. So how do we become a so that Christian? A life mark with so that. Because, you know, when you have a so that mentality, whether you're in the valley or the mountaintop, you always have hope. When I go through something hard, I, I'll admit, every now and then, I whine for like a minute, and God gives me that minute of grace, and then he kind of slaps me in the back of the head, and he's like, where's the so that? You're going through this so that. You know, this leader left, but it's so that another person's going to rise up. It, this... This thing is happening in your life, but it's so that God can show up. That so that mentality gives you hope on the highs and the lows. So we're future as family. I want to make this very clear that we work from sonship and daughtership. And everything health-wise in our Christian walk blossoms from that, that point. And you're like, well, Pastor Matt, where's that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Let's talk about it. Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. Just as he chose us in him before the foundational world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to be to adoption as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. It's grace, by the way. Understand that we got adopted not by any of our own behavior. It was his goodness. It was his forgiveness. We can't earn the adoption. We don't work for sonship or for daughtership. We work from that place. And Jesus did it all. And any adding of requirement beyond Jesus is an insult to the power of the cross. By which he made us accepted in the beloved I love that accepted in the beloved but we are sons and daughters Paul wanted to make this clear Ephesians is a great book by the way if you're if you're having if you know maybe you grew up in a a, from a theological background that was really laced with well you you, there's part of it you have to earn your salvation just go through Ephesians and then read Romans Romans is the death blow to that lie Romans (laughs) is because he was yeah anyways all right, I gotta stay on top (laughs) of it Let's stay on topic. We are sons and daughters. Sons and daughters say so that because yeah. they know who Daddy is. Yeah. So if this got through Daddy's protection, there must be a so that to it. Yep. Right. There must be a reason. I want to go real quick and talk about. So my wife said I was a little too fast tonight, so I'm a down. I have three points for you on <laughs> what a son and daughter focus on and do. I'm going to say them slow so you can write them down. Point number one, relationship. Point number one, relationship. Point number two, responsibility. Point number two, responsibility. point number three, represent. Represent. Point number three. So I'm going to read John 17, 1. This is the last prayers Jesus did before he went to the cross. And he talks about how he did it. He finished what he came to do. Now he's just got one more thing to do, which is write the check. Cash, that he's just gonna, he's gonna make the deposit of him for us. But before that, he had to get ready to start a church. And he was making his disciples, he was getting them ready to start the church. Because that's what God wanted to do. He wanted to get sons and daughters who would then go into the family business of redeeming and saving a lost and fallen world. Okay? And so, <clears throat> but in this, there's some verses that break down. Jesus was the original model for being a son of God. He was the son of God. So we can take his mentality, and that's what we apply, and that's where these three R's come from. Verse 1, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I'm going to read up here. "Uh, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone who gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. This is point number one. To know you. Relationship. To know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ, the one who, sent to, who, who you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work. Point number two. Responsibility. You gave me to do. Completing the work. God has a task for you. Sons and daughters get a task from mom and dad. They, get, they, they, they have a Job in the house. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you, point number three. I have revealed you, representing. Did he represent, Jesus represented God to the people. I revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. He's taking responsibility for something that's not his. You gave them to me and I, and they have kept your word. I want to go down to verse 11 now. Now I'm departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that, so that they will be united just as we are. So verse 3 relationship. He says, you have to know the Father and know me. God wants a relationship with us, a personal relationship. He loves talking to me about my stuff, and I love talking to him about his stuff. And prayer, fostering a communication with God, learning how to not just pray where you're saying, okay, God, here's the wish list. Thanks, man. And then bouncing out, but sitting in his presence, trying to learn how to hear him trying to let him lead you, reading, reading your Bible and going, God, I just need you to speak to me today. Like, let this word speak to me. Highlight the thing you wanna share with me. But it's, it's fostering a relationship. That's why here we have prayer meetings every week on Tuesday morning for the men and Thursday morning on the women. We're learning not just how to pray with authority, but how to hear God. When we pray for each other, we actually ask God to speak to us. We, we prophesy over each other. And it's a safe place to do it. Prophecy is not weird, by the way. Prophecy is just hearing what heaven's already saying about God, somebody and, and putting an amen on it. Yeah. It's not like, you know, we don't talk in King James. Thus saith the Lord, <laughs> thou shalt. You know, we just, we're just asking to hear from God. And we tell the guys if someone misses it, it's like, just shelf it, you know. Yeah. It's a safe place. So, and same with our ladies. That's Tuesday mornings at 5.30. That's, when, that's Thursdays at 6.30 or 9.30 with Child Care for the ladies. But we're fostering a relationship. We believe in reading our Bible. Yes. We've got a Bible with a one-year reading plan. It's so fun. If you're Hey, it's not too late. You could do like two a days for a month, and you'll be caught up. And you'll be in shape spiritually. But you could even be on track or just jump in. It's, it's not even dates on. It's just day one, day two. But it's so fun to be reading the Word with lots of other people. Be like, oh, did you read that and this and that. If you want to have an interesting conversation of did you read, talk to John Day. He sees things no one else sees. It's amazing. Sometimes I call him like, hey man, I'm stuck on this verse. And he'll be like, well, if you go five layers deep in the Hebrew, boom, you know. It's a <laughs> You're an amazing preacher, John. You are an amazing preacher, bro. Read your Bible. Get in connect groups. Let's go. Get in connect groups. In fact, we got a booth back there. It's a connect week. There are groups having this, this week. Okay, yep. Thank you. Corey's in it. Let's go, Corey. You're like, well, what does that have to do with the relationship with God? Because. We interact as a family. That's right. yep. Jesus even said, so that they'll be united. He wanted to build a church, yep. not a Lone Ranger. Oh. Not even Paul or Peter, the, the, you know, the OGs of the faith. These are the OGs. They always went with other people, other disciples. Yep. They had their Timothys. Yep. They had their Marks. They, they went together. Yep. And that's what uh, relationship is like. Listen, if my boys were really good kids to me, but didn't interact with each other, I'd be really sad. Especially because we had them a freaking year apart and that was a lot of work. So they could be friends. (laughs) I want them to interact. I want them to entertain each other. And when I say it was a lot of work, I mean it was a lot of work watching my wife do all the work, but still. And God's the same way. He doesn't want you to be a lone wolf. In fact, any one of these three points, I like bubble charts and graphs. I love all that stuff. But imagine if you have the three points, responsibility, relationship, and uh, what was my third point? There it is. Represent, you note takers. I love you. You got these three points. You see, remember the three circles and where they all touch, there's that center point. That's son and daughter. If you get out of all three, you get weird. Just honestly, if you're one of those Christians who's like, well, I don't need to, I don't need to, church isn't a building. I don't need to go with people. I just go on a hike and talk to Jesus and he talks to me and we sing and pick flowers together. And, and you know, that's fine. I love that. But he wants you to be with the family too, because he, the Bible says that healing comes from one another. Some things, some keys to unlock your destiny, another person holds. And that's the way God made it. If it wasn't good enough for Adam, who had perfect communion with God to be alone, then it's not good enough for you. You got to be in community. Community is where you grow. Because you're like, man, uh, this person like so cool and they love me. And this person, I don't know why. They make me mad all the time. Yeah. But then the Holy Spirit can begin to be like, oh, well, maybe they're triggering you because they remind you of this and your childhood. Da, da, da. The healing, the stuff happens in just the messiness of doing life with human beings. So... Be in community. Get yourself in a connect group. And, you know, we've got different kinds all over the place. It's okay to be a little, you know, be connect group shopping for a minute, but land yourself in community. Let's see. What else do we do for relationship? Oh, and then this simple church attendance. You know, it's so good. Bible says don't forsake the gathering together. It's so good to be around like-minded people who are pursuing God, who are chasing God. And, uh, you know... This is how we do relationship. We do it privately with God. We do it corporately with God. And you can't substitute one for the other. There's other people that you, you're, you're at church every single time the door's open, but you haven't read your Bible and prayed to God solo in a long, long time. You know, I can tend to be that guy. I'm Mr. Social. So I'll be like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And God's like, dude, we have not talked for like three days. What's going on here? And so there's a balance, healthy balance. But when we know, when we're in a relationship, we know the character of our dad and we know that he's building that in us so that, so that we can love people well, so that we can do things well, so that we can not get insecure or intimidated when the devil tries to intimidate us. See, if you don't know your daddy and that you're a son or a daughter, the area where the devil can hold you at is intimidation. Uh, it's, this is too scary. I can't step into this. Okay, point number two, responsibility. Now I can bring the keys up, and you won't be up here too long. But I have three points, so don't don't get nervous. If I'm still on second point, I'm going to get to the third point, okay? Responsibility. It's completing, uh, and that was found in verse four. Jesus said, I completed the work you sent me to do, which was disciple these knucklehead fishermen into the church builders. So we take responsibility for the Father's business, that's why we encourage people to serve. Serve in the house of God. You know, if, if you're like a baby Christian and you're just like, man, all this is brand new. It, it, it's not like, this is not a judgment or a shame or a guilt. But at some point, daddy's going to say, hey, let's do the family business. Get involved. Yes. And we, we understand there's a so that to everything. Do you know why people are wearing orange shirts and standing at the door? It's not because they love the color orange. And it's not because we're trying to get your information on a card to do a multi-level marketing scheme. (laughs) We're not gonna harass you. But it's because some people all week have not had a single person say, Hi, how are you doing? And we are there so that somebody gets a smile and says, I'm happy to see you. Come on, Pastor Matt. There's a so that why we have a parking team so that a wife and husband that are fighting the whole way to church don't have another thing to fight about, which is find a parking stop. (laughs) So that maybe they can calm down for a minute. and remember that God's with them and that he wants to restore and heal and fix up the wounds. There's a so that when we take responsibility. You know, and, and it And what's amazing is God will use that small so that here to prepare you for the bigger so that as he grows you and uses you. You know, before I was a campus pastor, I was preaching in DNA once a month for 10 minutes. But it was so that, so that I would, I would repeat the culture that we carry, the kingdom culture, over and over. In fact, I had to preach the same message, one of the same three messages every single month. It wasn't even creative. But I found a way to like change my stories and pepper it in. and It was so that. It was so that. Responsibility is so that. Before God will ever give you a thing of your own, he'll test you with something that's not your own. He gives the three men with talents his money, And then when he he sees what they did with it, he said, now here's a city. You govern that city. If you can be trusted with something that belongs to someone else, you can be trusted with something that God wants to put in your hands. But even when it's in your hands, it's still part of the bigger collective. Because it's one big house. It's one big family. Okay, and finally, point number three, represent. We want to learn to represent Jesus well. You know, Jesus walked around with such a level of balance of grace and authority. Yeah. One second, he's talking to a, a girl who was thrown out in the street and was about to get stoned who's committed adultery. She has not done good things. And he gets down on a knee and just with the tenderness says, is anyone left to condemn you? No. I don't condemn you either. Go on and sin no more. You're forgiven. And in the same moment, we'll walk up to a Pharisee and say, you whitewashed tomb or go into a temple and flip a, flip the whole, make a whip and flip it upside down. He, he had this balance. And we gotta learn to have this balance because you're not supposed to be a passive Christian. We should have a righteous indignation about things. Yeah. Something should make us angry. Yes. Something should make us peacefully protest. Something should make us show up to school boards and say, hey, yeah. stop teaching that baloney to my kids. And I'll hold you accountable. Stop taking away freedom. The biggest lie that was perpetuated in in this season of the pandemic is that the church is not to be involved with government. That is a lie that the devil set up to try to keep the priest from holding the king accountable. And if you want to argue with me one verse in Romans 13, here's what I'll say to you. The constitution says a government for the people, by the people. Who's the authority? You and me are. Not the politician. They work for us. That was the idea. That was democracy. That was the point. And it was birthed out of the pulpit in the 1700s from pastors preaching liberty. It's a rant. But we represent Jesus. And he's not just the lamb. He's a lion too. But with the lamb's touch, I can gently encourage and love on my neighbor who's questioning their current religion that they're involved in without, with, with grace though, not badgering them, be like you're deceived but just pulling them into grace and at the same time I can stand up and debate that topic but I know when and where, when and where we want to represent well and how do we learn to represent well, once again we do life with Jesus we get in his presence and we do life with people. You know how you'll learn to be a good leader? If you want to, if you feel called to leadership, running a team of a bunch of misfits and mis you know, people that are baby Christians. Honestly, like it's the, I ran the parking team for many years and the Usher team, you know, and those are like, you know, they're not saying oh, we have amazing ushers here. They're all like Bible scholars, but sometimes like somebody who's like, I don't really feel comfortable, you know, talking or anything. It's like, okay, well you can be an usher. You can help. And they're like, yes, I'll do it. But man, to see some of those people now leading in church was because they first started just serving and then leading a team and learning in a smaller setting, how to be kind. Also how to be encouraging, how to have awkward conversations. You do it all. We learn how to represent Jesus well. There's an old DC Talk quote, and I'll see if I can get it right because it's not my notes, but it says, what an unbelieving world finds unbelievable. Oh man, I'm going to mess it up. Somebody, who knows DC Talk? Vince. Yeah. What an unbelieving fi- world finds unbelievable is Christians who profess Jesus Christ with their mouth, but then deny him with their lifestyle. We got to learn to represent Jesus well. Right? And that's one baby step at a time. But you do that through discipleship. Let's all stand to our feet. I want to go back to John 9 3 in the NIV. Jesus going right back to where we started. And the disciples are thinking about sin and law and earning. And Jesus, it's like right here, I see him splitting Old Testament and New Testament. Wow. It says, it's not about sin anymore, yeah. but it's about so that the works of God may be displayed in him. Yes. It wasn't even Jesus. Notice he didn't say so that I could show off God. No, he said the guy who's going to get healed is the thing God's going to do the glory with. It's you. It's you Jesus wants to heal and restore and set free and break your dysfunctions. It's you that he wants to use to bring glory to his name that's not sacrilegious. It's what Jesus died for. It was the most important thing to him. But it starts with dealing with the sin thing. Because the only way we get washed and covered is by the blood of Jesus. I hear people say sometimes, like, oh, I might try going to church, but I got to clean up my life first. You're getting it all wrong. Yeah, right. Jesus doesn't clean his fish before he catches them. That's right. Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you just the way you are right now. He wants to restore heal, and set free. But the Bible says that because God is love and justice, he is pure justice. We can't come to the heavenly father without a covering because we are fallen. Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're not, you're not an oddball here if, you're, if you've sinned. Right. You're one of us.
1: Yeah. You're human.
0: Yeah. But Jesus is your covering because he is God, he has the right and authority to forgive because he's God and he also paid the price. He paid the price. And so once we go through Jesus, we can come to Heavenly Father and we can be adopted and we can have the Holy Spirit and we can be a child of God, but that is the only way. And so today, before we close the service, I'm gonna have our ministry team up, but I wanna just have everyone close their eyes and bow their head. If you need to come into the family... You need to become a child of God, meaning you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and put your faith in him that he died for your sins and accepted his free gift of salvation and forgiveness, I want to give you that chance today. And you're in the safest room possible because pretty much everyone else has done that, has been where you're at. A lot of people have been where you're at a week or two ago because God's just on the move here and or maybe a, long, maybe a long time ago, you're, you're just confused. You, if you were to ask, would you, if you were to die today, I'll be in heaven. You don't know that without a shadow of a doubt, because just it's all jumbled. Today, let me make it really pure, plain, and clear. You ask Jesus to forgive you. You believe that he died for your sins. Believe that he's the son of God and that he's the only way to heaven. You are saved. And from there, life begins power of God will come in you and begin to transform you. So if you're one of those two camps, whether you need to uh, get right with God again, or you are just, you're like, man, I've never really done that. And I want Jesus. I want to try this on because friend, you were made to do life with father God, but you need Jesus. You need his covering. He's your priest. He's your ambassador. So. Eyes closed, heads bowed, as if you want it to be included in this prayer today and pray with me to ask Jesus in your heart, will you just raise your hand right now? Will you raise your hand? Thank you, I see that hand. Who else? Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. Who else? Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Anyone else? just going to wait for a minute. I feel like there's somebody, I know you're wrestling right now. You're like, I just, I don't know, but God, but God's calling you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Who's that one person I'm just waiting for? I see that hand. Thank you, sweetie. there so one more hand. If I didn't see you, just raise it high one more time. I just want to make sure. Okay about four of you guys church let's all look up for those of you who raised your hand where's my team lead here Jess right is it you this okay this is Jess and my team is it was watching too but I I want you to come up and we have a Bible for you and a book called following Jesus the following Jesus book is just to help you in the in the next steps. I've, I shared a lot today. Get in a connect group, go to DNA, you know, start to do life with people. But that book is such a good book, just the basic ground level theology of what it is, what happened to you when you're born again, and that it's permanent and it doesn't not stick and God loves you and all the good stuff. It's a free gift from us, so come up and find Jess. Don't leave without getting that free gift. We also wanna pray with you. And, But let's pray this all together, church. And if you raised your hand or you should raise your hand, I want you to say this out loud. We're all gonna say it out loud together. Dear Jesus, today, I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I believe that you died on that cross and rose from the grave for me so that I can be forgiven and restored to the Father. Forgive me my sins. I repent and turn away from those. And now I want to follow you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.